It's time to explore the unexplained, to delve into the mysteries of our world and the realms beyond, to seek out the answers to phenomena that defy conventional explanation. Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with Karen Frazier and Chucky G, where that journey begins. Well, hello everyone. This is Mix LR. You're listening to Paranormal Nerd Radio in the Dark with Karen Frazier and me, Chucky G. Hi, Karen. How's it going? It's going pretty good. How are you? <laughs> I'm fine. I'm doing real good. I'm excited because we have a cool guest on tonight. We have Mr. Jay Verber. Yeah, he's all different. right. Yeah, you know, a friend, buddy, pal, you know. <laughs> he's okay. <laughs> what can I say? What can I say? You know, it's going to be cool. Oh, we have, and I love. The correspondents, we have Crystal Vermis and Manny Vega. Those guys are just, they're cool to listen they're to. Fun. Yeah. yeah. They're great they're fun. fun. So they're going to be talking about what uh, haunted real estate, which is kind of cool. And then they're going to talk about Ghost Adventures, that recent investigation along Route 666. So, Route 666? Yeah, it's just Route 66, but they put 666. So, you know. Oh. I, I, that's my mistake. I'll take credit for that mistake. Well, it, it's it really is six 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 because it's demons. And all. <laughs> well, I think maybe yeah because ghost. I missed this ep- particular episode they were talking about, but I guess Ghost Adventures did this this episode along Route sixty six, and they just it was too much. Like I guess that was the straw that you know. Yeah. Good. That was so it. I have a question: Is Ghost yeah, Adventures still doing new shows? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. So who does Zach pal around with these days? Well, well he, I mean. He's Aaron's still on the show. Uh, yeah. Nick's oh, not okay. on the show, but Aaron's on the show, and he's got two other uh, investigators yeah. that also have investigated with the two of them for several oh. years now. Yeah, Billy and Jay. Well, so. I haven't watched an episode of Ghost Adventures in years, clearly. You have not, so, <laughs> if you didn't know that. I have not. <laughs> what a shocker. I haven't watched something. Go figure. Oh, my God. Go figure. You know. But, yeah. No, it's still on. It's, it was, uh, there was a new one, like, um, last week, I think it was. There was a new one, so. Okay, well, maybe at some point I'll go check one out and see what it's all about when I have time. I'm a little busy. busy. Hey, yeah, well, you got a busy thing coming up on Saturday because it's what day is on Saturday? What? What day is on Saturday? What's coming up on Saturday? Um, I have the author's thing tomorrow night at the museum. There's some birthday or something going on. Oh, <laughs> Boom! I'm like, do I have an event on I Saturday know. that I'm not it's, remembering? And you're looking at me going, "What's on Saturday?" I'm like, "Oh my God, did she lie to me? Did she tell me the wrong day?" No, I just no. I was usually when we at the That's beginning okay. of the show we talk about like events we have coming up, right? <laughs> I know. And so you're like, birthday. "What's on Saturday?" And I'm thinking, "I'm like, sorry, I have an event." I'm sorry. I just want to wish you happy birthday. I Thank you. Time. You're welcome. Um. Yeah, yeah, so what events do you have coming up? What's going on? What were you saying now? You, uh, so at the museum, at the Lewis County Historical Museum tomorrow, we're yeah. having uh, something that we do every year around Christmas time as a fundraiser. It's Evening with the Authors. And I always go to that because, um, you cool. know, I as an author. Other than that, I don't really have, I have something, I don't have anything planned until January. Wow. So. Yeah, I don't have, I mean, I have December 16th, I'm doing readings at the um the local uh, sense of Samadhi uh, yoga studio here. But other than that, I don't really have, I just got through black Friday. Oh my God. And I mean, I mean it when that's I say the I holidays, can... man, like crazy. So yeah. So, you know, it was, that's all I got going on, but it'll be fun. Do something right around Christmas time. So, you know, other than that, that's it, man. Just rolling with the punches and trying to get through work and everyday life as we call it. Groovy man. Groovy man. 
So um, I do um, have some news. Can we do some news? No, no, no. Yes, we can. Okay. Well, then roll them. Just when you thought the world couldn't get any weirder. It's time for news of the strange and the Okay, all right. I got some news. I got some really interesting ones, too, by the way. This one is really weird, and you can look on Facebook. I saw this picture. It's a guy, and there's a 10-foot cobra sitting with him watching television, so I'll explain. It's really weird. All right, man believes the snake is reincarnated girlfriend. That is correct. This comes from myjoyonline.com. Okay, so according to a Facebook post that recently went viral, a man devastated by the death of his girlfriend grew very attached to a 10-foot cobra, which he believes is his lost partner reincarnated. For the last couple of years, the two have been inseparable, doing everything from watching TV to going to the gym. That is correct. The dude and the cobra or the dude and the girlfriend? The dude and the cobra. Yeah, same thing. Uh, the bizarre, the bizarre, bizarre. Wow. The bizarre story was originally posted on a Facebook page uh, of one Oran, Oran Sar, Sarah Celine from Thailand, along with a set of photos of the man and his beloved Cobra in various circumstances. Uh, Sarah Celine, who covers a variety of local news stories on a daily basis, claims that the unnamed man developed an unusual connection with the large reptile after noticing a striking resemblance no pun intended to his deceased girlfriend and becoming convinced that she had become back to life as the serpent real love is true he wrote the man believes his girlfriend reborn again as this white cobra after she passed away a few years ago he saw the snake and noticed uh, the resemblance he is very happy to spend time talking and playing with the snake he looks after the snake very well because he believes of course the snake is his girlfriend he never stays away from the snake. He takes it everywhere he goes or even while he's sleeping. I'm sorry. I'm not sleeping with no 10-foot cobra, even if it was my my girlfriend. Okay. Apparently, people have been trying to warn the man about the dangers of living with the loose cobra, but he doesn't seem to be concerned about it. He's well known to be the man who lives with the snake. He has been warned several times, but, you know, he's not listening. In the photos posted on Facebook, the man could be seen. What? This is the one I saw. He's watching TV with the snake, hanging out with it in the park, and even pumping iron in the gym. They do seem to be very close, but there really must be more to their relationship, and hopefully someone will track this guy down and get some more details. With this story having recently been picked up by major Western media outlets like The Mirror, there's actually a decent chance of that happening. We'll keep you updated. So if you go to myjoyonline.com, yes, you will. And you just put in, like, I don't know, man believes ring snake carnated or whatever. It, yeah, you'll see a picture. It's pretty crazy. Okay. Next one up. Cheryl, and you, you guys went to um, Bob Mackey's, which they say has the, one of the portals of hell, correct? Is that correct? That's what they say. Okay. Well, evidently, they're all over the world. I found one here. A bizarre story of mysterious portal to hell in the Czech Republic. Okay, so one of the oldest and most infamous reported gateways to hell can be found in the Czech Republic. Constructed between 1253 and 1278, the majestic Huska Castle is said to have been built specifically to cover a hole which led straight to hell, said to be a bottomless pit full of tormented souls, which would vomit forth all manners of horrific creatures birthed from the underworld. These demonic monstrosities were said to emerge from the hole to fan out across the countryside at night, terrorizing local villages to the point that people were afraid to leave their homes at their sunset and certainly would not go anywhere near the hole even in daylight whoa that scared me so, i missed i went to put my my drink down on the table and i missed and it's that's on the okay. floor maybe jump i was talking about portals to hell 
So such was the ominous reputation of the whole that the prisoners were sometimes thrown into the pit as punishment with the covet that they would be released if they could climb back out. Not many did, and even when they did, there were strange tales surrounding their reemergence. In one story, a prisoner who had been thrown into the hole began screaming with such a bet terror that he was hoisted back out to find that he had aged 30 years within moments. Persistent tales of the marauding demons and dark forces at work within the Malevolent Hole, as well as the growing panic of villagers in the area, is said to have promoted construction of the Huska Castle in an effort to block the gateway. There are many odd details about the castle that led weight to this theory. Although the castle has a large number of windows, very few of them are actually real, and most of them have thick walls directly behind the glass. There is also the odd fact that the castle has no water source, was not near any trading routes, and remained without occupants for years. The frescoes and artwork found within the castle also point to its true purpose, such as pagan imagery denoting demonic creatures not common to most castles at this time, as well as a various depiction of St. Michael fighting dragons and images which have hints and leanings of a satanic undertone. It is said the purported demonic powers of the castle were the reason why Nazis chose it as a base of operation during World War II, and that they carried out secret experiments trying to harness its enigmatic power. If Huska Castle was indeed built to cover up a pit to hell, then it seems it was only partially successful because strange stories have continued to emanate from the location to this day. Visitors to the lower floors have long claimed that at times there can be heard the sounds of what seems to be claws or talons scrabbling and clawing at the floor underneath, as if someone is trying to break free from the underground. There are also reports from the chapel on a premises in which said to be built directly over the hole itself of a chorus of screams that allegedly pours forth from the bowels of the earth below. There are also numerous reports of wide varieties of strange apparitions roaming the cold, stone halls and corridors of the castle. One such apparition is said to be a headless corpse that lurks within the courtyard spewing blood, and there are also featureless shadow people, winged creatures, warped, giant bats, and even bizarre entities said to look like a combination of a human, frog, and a bulldog. I'd like to see that one. Added to all the other weirdness are reports of levitating objects, numerous inexplicable thumps or bangs, visitors being tapped, pushed, or even hit, um, even roaming cold spots, all of which had made Huska Castle a popular destination for paranormal investigators. So there you go. So none of that happened when you were at Bob Mackey, right, Cheryl? No. No. No, none of it. Okay. Well, my last one, this one's kind of cool. You have to go to mirror.com.uk. You have to see the video of this balloon. It is really actually kind of cool and slash creepy. Okay. Haunted balloon floating through children's hospital believed to be the ghost of a dead child. And you can see the balloon floating through the hallway and stopping and following the guy and then coming around the corner. It's really crazy. Okay. An orange balloon has spooked staff members at the Victor Villa Children's Hospital in central Argentina, city of Rosario, by hovering inches from the floor and seeming to follow staff members around the building. In the video that they have captured, if you go to mirror.com.uk, you'll see the event. The balloon drifts purposefully along a corridor towards the camera in a manner quite unlike the usual movement of helium or air-filled balloons. It has led some to believe that it's possible the ghost of a dead child that might have been at the hospital. It continues to move slowly and constantly towards the person filming who is standing on the threshold of a room. Two employees' voices, one male and one female, can be heard on the recording. The man says, it's coming towards us. His female colleague responds, the girl on the bed in one of the nearby rooms says it floated in by her and she states she then felt something touch her leg. 
Then the colleague says, oh, no, it's coming towards us. The footage then cuts to the employee standing at what seems to be the kitchen, the staff kitchen, filming the entrance to the room. Suddenly, a balloon appears as if possessed. It turns and goes inside the room they're in, and two people you can hear shrieking and running away. Uh, Dante, Dante Tepparelli, a local artist with an inter- interest in the paranormal as well as being the image director of the municipality, told a local TV station, this is an entity, a soul, something, I don't know what. From my viewpoint, we should be very happy in these situations. I think it was a soul that was wandering around. There are open gates that we cannot perceive. These things give hope. They shouldn't scare us. And if you look at the video, it, it really is really cool. Like I was watching it and the guy goes, look, and then you see the bloom move and then stop. Then he moves back, moves, and it stops. And eventually, the next shot, you see it. They're like looking down this hallway, and you see that it comes around the, the corner and then kind of leads up and starts coming right towards them. And it's like really crazy. So you need huh. to check it out. So those are my stories of the news for this week. I hope you enjoyed them. Well, lovely. Why, thank you. So what did you think about the Huska Castle? I think that sounds pretty creepy. Well, you know. I, I want to see the frog, bulldog, human. I know, human thing? Yeah, I know. I was Kinda, like, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I was reading about, you know, because I was thinking when, you know, because Cheryl and I were going there, they say, you know, about Mackey Portal to Hell, you know. There was, there's, they're like all over the world, you know, where these places Portals are. Portals to Hell are? Yeah, that's what they say. We're lucky that we don't, haven't fallen in one. <laughs> I don't know if there's one in Illinois. I haven't heard of one in Illinois. So. Probably. There probably has got to be someone somewhere. So, mm-hmm. but anyways, um, so yeah, so, um, did you like the stories? Did you not like the stories? Did we enjoy the stories? What, do you want me to like? Yeah, I want you to talk about rate them. Rate them on a scale of one to ten. Rate one... the stories on a scale of one to ten. All righty, here we go. What was the first one again? The first, the first one was um the one about the man, and the, cobra, the cobra, the man and the cobra. Oh though. well. I mean, I don't really know about that. Creepy, not so much. Like maybe a two or three. Absolutely <laughs> terrifying because it has to do with snakes. <laughs> like a yeah. 12. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. Okay. The castle, um, I just find that stuff to be hysteria. <laughs> and yeah, so, fair. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's like a four or five. All right. And the balloon, I feel like I need to see it. You do. You need, I'm, I'm telling you, you have to go on and watch it. Cause well, I, was like, I know, but I can't do it right now. I'm doing a radio no, no, show. No. Are you really? That's what I hear. <laughs> no, but I'm, yeah, so later you do have to check it out because I was like the same way. I'm like, I'm reading the story and then I'm like, oh, there's a video. So I went to it. I'm like, all right, what, really? Seriously? I'm watching it going, oh my God, are you kidding me? If they, balloons are so up. light. Balloons are so light. And it, I mean, and they do hover close to the floor as the helium starts to leak out. Yeah. And it just seems like any random airflow could kind of, and I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'll see it and think, oh my God. Yeah. Well, it was actually pretty cool. Yeah. But that, and at one time it was funny because you see that near the floor and it's coming towards it. But then the next one, it's it raises up higher and then comes around the corner in a higher. I was like, how's it going up and down? And you know what I mean? I mean, you could, you know, yeah, you could rig it to do that. Air but, drafts. Yes. Okay. Air drafts, folks. That's what it is. All right, there goes my story. I have no wonder. There is no wonder left in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so we have, um, I know we have the lightning round later on. Do we have like really good, crazy? You know, 
So I worked until really late, and so I did the lightning round in like the five minutes before I started talking to you guys. Mm-hmm. So we'll see so you're how. Saying, average is that what you're saying? You just like, hey. I, it, I I feel like after the one two weeks ago, yeah, was the best lightning round I've ever done. It's all downhill like from there. I do. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. It'll be good though. Bob said, Bob said Bob Mackey's was more porthole to hype than porthole to hell. That's what he said. Hmm. Hmm. Well, but maybe, maybe paranormal activity just isn't on demand. Well, and here's really? the thing. It was freezing. Like, seriously, if I were a spirit, well, I would not be in some freezing place. Was, I'd, be, mean, I'd be in some warm, nice, comfortable. That needs to refute the whole hell thing, right? It was right? freezing in the building. They didn't have the heater on. <laughs> Was, was, it not, was it not open? What now? Was it not open or something during the day? No, not on Sundays. No. It's not. It's only open on Fridays nights and Saturday nights. Not yeah, on did, you go, did you go and have fun there when it was open? Did you Chad go and have a drink? Chad and, and Bob, or? we had gone out to a nice, lively dinner beforehand and already had some drinks. Uh -huh. And well, Bob and Trees had some drinks. Um, and then we went over to Bobby <laughs> Mackey's. And so... Chad and Tree, uh, Chad and Bob went inside for a little while. They did not have a drink there, but they just went in to get the feel for it. Gotcha. And what did you guys do? Just sit outside? We, Why didn't you? We go sat in? in the car. I blamed Teresa. She didn't want to go in, and I didn't want to leave her alone in the parking lot. Oh, well, that was very nice of you. Yes, it was. <laughs> I would have gone in. <laughs> I would have gone in. And wow. Yeah, way to be humble. <laughs> I think the parking lot was scarier than the actual investigation. <laughs> The boss was like 41 degrees. That's cold. It was it cold. Is cold. It was really cold. I like Terrence's point, though. If it's a portal to hell, it should have been warm. It should have been a toast of marshmallows. That's right. If, it, if, it, if it's a portal to hell, it seems like it would be hot. <laughs> like you would see flames coming up and you could just go sit down there and you'd be just fine. Yeah, don't well, anybody fuck. Here's the thing. While no outward activity really happened, that a couple of things that you know you don't know really know, we'll talk about it late another time but we're still reviewing our evidence we'll see bob found some stuff on his audio so we're going to go through it and see what we captured if anything and then we'll give a full report when we come back from our hiatus right, so cool. do you feel disappointed or do you feel it was money and time well spent i feel it was money and time well spent and i feel slightly disappointed at the same time like okay. you said, a good time, but you wanted to get Had a great time. Had a great time, yeah. It's a great place, a great location. Got to hang out with friends. Um, got to do a little paranormal investigation. It was fun. But, well, like, you know, like, like, would like, I have wanted to see, you know, a shadow person come out? Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> we, I mean, when you're in yeah. there, that one area where, like, the well thing, is that creepy? I mean, does it look creepy? It or? looks creepy. Yeah. Okay. I mean, no real creepy vibes, but it looks, I mean, yeah, it looks like you're in a basement with a, you know, creepy well. And a well, bunch basements of are and... creepy. Yeah. It was basements creepy. are just, our basement's creepy. Well, it, yeah, it was scary. Creepy. It we was had to check creepy. out that, yeah. we had to check out that bathroom where Nick was running out from Ghost Adventures. Well, ask Teresa. She went in right. there, so. Oh. oh, okay. I'll have to ask her. <laughs> ask her about yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. So. Yeah. There you have it, folks. Portals of Hell was... Of uh, was just not doing the portal it. Portal the hype is what is what. <laughs> yes, he is. And you had a good point though. It should have been warm. If it was, you know, portal the hell, oh, it should, should be hot. Warm. Yeah. It was freezing. There you have it, folks. 
But I still go. I still want to go and check it out. I, I still, you know what? And you know what? Just because we didn't have anything happen oh, doesn't yeah. mean it's not haunted. We just didn't have anything happen, at, at least outwardly. We'll see what That's the equipment true. catches. Alrighty. Okay. Well, there you have it. So, and I'm looking forward to talking to Mr. Verberg this evening. But all Are things- you? Yeah, I am. I like talking to that guy. He's fun. I know. He's so much fun. He can just tell you all. He can just tell me anything and I'll just listen to him. And just talk about it. He's just Jay. He's yeah. just Jay. I know, he is. <laughs> but he's got a new project that he's coming on to talk about. So that'll be fun. Yes. I'm looking you know, for Yes. Yep. A return to the airwaves, so to speak. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right. So, okay. uh, yeah. Cheryl, are we about at break time? Oh, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Break. Let's go to break. Sure. All righty then. So we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we will be talking to one Mr. Jay Berberg. Stick around. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark here on MixLR. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. Hey everyone, if you can't get enough of Paranormal Underground, then I've got good news for you. We're on social media. You can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, and I think even on MySpace, and nobody has a MySpace page anymore. So check out Paranormal Underground on your favorite social media site today. Hey, great t-shirt. I've heard of that place. It's really supposed to be haunted. You wear such cool t-shirts. You must have been, what, to every haunted spot in the country? Well, not really. I'm a member of HauntedShirtClub.com. I get a great t-shirt from a different haunted place every month, along with an info card with photos and stories and more. I can hardly wait to open it every month. Wow, I have to check that out. HauntedShirtClub.com, right? Yep, that's it. Hey, are you looking for a new paranormal podcast? Check out All Day Paranormal with me, Crystal Vermis. And me, Manny Vega. We come to you every week with the latest in supernatural news and entertainment. That's right, and you can find out more by going to GetSpooked.net. And don't forget to check out our YouTube show by going to GetSpooked.net slash YouTube. Hey everyone, it's Karen Frazier, co-host of Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark. Thanks for listening to the show. You've probably read my column in Paranormal Underground Magazine. I write columns about energy healing, metaphysics, and also dream interpretation. But did you know I also am an author of multiple books about metaphysics and the paranormal? You can learn more about the books that I've written on my website, authorkarenfraser.com. That's author, Karen, K-A-R-E-N, Fraser, F-R-A-Z-I-E-R.com. My name is Daryl E. Berry, Jr., longtime practitioner, researcher, and explorer of things metaphysical, mystical, and cutting edge and founder and director of Next Density, a research education and development effort for personal and thus global progress, transformation, and development. My current and upcoming books include Travel Far, Classes on A Course in Miracles, and Next Density. For my books and other writings, videos, interviews, public talks, and workshops, 
and to schedule for consultations, classes, and courses, visit DarylEBerryJr.com or NextDensity.org. Next Density. Change yourself. Hey everyone, this is Winter Balefire. If you share in my love for the macabre and bazaar, please check out my website, winterbalefire.com. There you'll find some of my dark poetry, short stories, and blogs on the paranormal and occult. I'm also active on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under the name Winter Balefire. Thanks. Hope to see you guys soon. So you're looking for the best in paranormal radio. Well, you've just found it right here on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. Join me, Chucky G, and my awesome co-host, Karen Frazier, for topics ranging from the metaphysical to the unexplained. That's right. Every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and other times in the flyover states on MixLR, we will delve into all things paranormal. And along the way, we hope to entertain you and have a few laughs as well. So join us on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark, exploring the unexplained. We are back. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark with your hosts, Chucky G and Karen Frazier. And we're awaiting uh, the arrival of our wonderful guest, Mr. Jay Verberg. Who's not answering his damn phone? Oh, for crying out loud, Jay. Hey. Pick up the phone. Come on. This is a radio show. I just, text, I just texted him, dude, answer your phone. It says it's delivered. He hasn't, he hasn't, uh, he hasn't texted me back yet. I got you. Oh, by the what's way, our, love- what's our what's the number he can call, Cheryl? I left it on his. Vo- oh, you, uh, you uh, yeah. he can call. Do, 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 do. I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna type it in the room. Hang on, he's <laughs> responding to me. <laughs> he says, "Okay, he's here. Call him." Oh, call him now. I like. The, by the way, I like your cover, the new cover for your book, Karen. It's awesome. Uh, Cheryl, Jim is hearing dead air. Dead air. Dead what air. Hello, hello. Tessa. No, there shouldn't be any dead air. Hello, can you hear me out there? Chad, is there dead air? No, there's no dead air. Hello, there's no dead air. Uh, sorry, Jim. Uh, Jim. Okay, so call uh, Jay. He's ready. That's a time. Oh, Bob, hey, it's refresh. good. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Bob. What's up, Bob? He can't Tom, hear you. Say we're hey, gang, we have, we have a guest on the line. Hi, Jay. Welcome. I am here. I am here. Oh, my God. I thought we were going to have the show without him. <laughs> my God. What would you have done then? You would have had nothing to talk about. I know. Oh, I like, know. Because there. you didn't have anything to say. It would have been <laughs> tapping our fingers and maybe sobbing occasionally because you didn't show up. Well, <laughs> well, well welcome to the show, Mr. Verberg. Yes. How are you doing? I'm doing just wonderful. And how are you? I am doing great. Thank you for having me. Ain't that problem. I see your hats made the rounds as per usual on Facebook everywhere. <laughs> yeah, my hat has made it around. I feel like if there's anything more important in my life than me, it's my hat. My hat <laughs> seems to uh, get around quite a bit. That's your hat's going to have to go in the Smithsonian when it's done. Even <laughs> even our waiter, even our waiter at the Mexican restaurant we <laughs> ate at last Friday night wore Jay's hat. <laughs> yes, yes, it's famous. What the heck is with the hat? Wow. I don't know. You know what? I, in fact, uh, Karen, or uh, let's see. It was probably you guys, uh, Karen, that that started this whole slutty hat oh, thing. God. I think. Uh, didn't we start it? We started it on New Year's Eve. Possibly, yes. I think that's I mean, where it's always it started. Kind of, there's always this draw to my hat, but uh, I think that's where it really started when I, you know, if I'm up and out to the restroom then people just kind of uh, attack the hat and pass it around. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, though, Jay, is that when we were sitting there in that restaurant, because you were one table over from us, 
And I yeah. was just sitting there, and the hat came flying through the air and landed at my feet. <laughs> what the heck was I supposed to do with it other than make the waiter wear it? <laughs> wow. And you know what? That's what we... Uh, this is what we do, right? We expect things to come flying across the room at us, so I didn't even notice uh, yeah, that it was, was even just... uh, left my table. It's a normal paranormal event. You're like, hey, I have no idea. So exactly. you, didn't, you didn't throw it. I have no idea how it went. It did. It came flying through the air and landed at my feet, and I was like, okay, well, I guess it's time for the hat now. Wow. And you know what? There is nothing I would love more than my hat to uh, to be experienced by all. There you go. Well, I got to experience it when I was down there when I got to visit. You, me, you allowed yeah, me to. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was so like you a, wore the hat too. Yeah, I remember when it was at the Wheeler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do I have yeah. a picture of it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we do. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh, my hat's my hat's hat's gone east coast, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not even east coast. No, he's flying. I had, yeah, the flyover state. Yeah, it, it went to Chi Town on the Chi Town head. It, I felt magical when I put it on. Honestly, it was like Harry okay. Potter or something there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you do kind of enter in a whole other realm of of being <laughs> when you put it on. <laughs> I felt all warm and tingly. It was wonderful. Thank you for yes. sharing it with me. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's going on, guys? I haven't, I haven't uh, talked to you guys. In- I haven't talked to you guys in some while. What's going on with you guys? Oh, um, you know. Well, just... you're not supposed to be interviewing us, dude. Yeah, trying to turn the tables well, on us. Come on. True. And I, I saw you like I saw you like two bit. weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, you're different. But Chuck, I haven't seen Chuck in a while. Everything's yeah. going good, Chuck. Everything's going really good. Yeah, yeah, it's still working. I'm doing my uh, my readings for people, and you know, getting in my website up. Yeah, we're doing good. We're doing really, really good. I hear. Okay. You have some project going on, don't you? He has projects. I got a couple. A projects. I got a, oh, I got a side jobs. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, okay. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, what do you got? What do you got? What do you got going on the side, Jay? Well, I think probably the biggest news right now is is probably the dark zone. Oh yeah. Um, as far as what's going on right now, and you know what? Unfortunately, it, it sucks because I think I'm going to have a slower start than some of the other guys because. Um, where I want to take people is, is really cold and snowy right now. Um, but the dark zone is basically an online network that's got, uh, you know, it's got Patrick and Kristen who are both from ghost mine, myself, who was on ghost mine. Um, you've got Susan Slaughter, uh, and Carl Pfeiffer who were both on ghost hunters Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, Susan Slaughter was also on, uh, ghost hunters international that and then you've got Dave Schrader, the uh, competitive radio guy out there, uh, to Dark you guys. Dave, yeah, I've been on his show. <laughs> but um, basically, what's going on is, uh, in fact, I'm probably the one standout guy with this whole thing. Um, of course, for good looks and all that. But um, clearly, I'm the only one involved right now who was not a paranormal investigator on one of these TV shows. I was a minor on uh, Ghost Mine, so true. For me to be kind of um, in this realm with with these talented individuals is kind of cool because uh, this is what I've been doing now for almost four years um, in the paranormal field. But now I get to share that side with people um, for the first time. That's cool. Well, yeah, I watched. Um, I was telling Karen I watched because uh, I signed up for it right away, and I watched um, the Stanley Hotel oh, one with Carl. Yeah, with Carl and yeah. uh, and Michelle on that. Um, so it's it's basically you guys are all going to do like are you are you going to do like different chunks yourself, or are you going to do it all together, or is it going to be both? I mean, what is the 
the premise well, I, for the most part, uh, each one of us is going to have our own channel as this thing matures, and it's ours to do with as we please. So uh, bear with me. My show could be very exciting. Um, but uh, one of the things, so we each have our own little niche, our own little uh, area that we want to focus on. Mm-hmm. And of course, mine is going to be on, uh, well, and I say of course, but those that have seen my talks and things like that, but mine will be focused on history and most importantly, Western history mm-hmm. uh, and the expansion of the United States back before the whole Oregon Trail and, and some of the old homesteads and abandoned ghost towns that are out here in Oregon. So Sweet. that will be, uh, and I mean, ultimately, that's what I look for as we're investigating is how we can tie this to something um, historical. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of these old ghost towns and some of the old homesteads uh, this was their entire life. This was their dream. This was their passion to move out west, finally for the first time uh, own something uh, for themselves, their own land that they could uh, raise crops and cattle and things like that on. And then so many of these places are disappearing um, so fast, and the history is so young. The United States is, you know, just barely over a couple hundred years old when you look at the uh, the Constitution, but the West Coast is even younger than that. Mm-hmm. So, so you're, so you're doing the history on these buildings and such as you're going from place to place, but are you all, I'm assuming you're tying in the paranormal somehow or intertwining that Absolutely. with the history. Okay. Absolutely. What I'm looking for is a connection. If we can find a connection between uh, historical events uh, with the paranormal that might bring uh, into play some sort of, I mean, ultimately I'm looking for some type of, of consciousness in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. But we can't even define that as to what consciousness is with humans. So, uh, you know, it's a tough one, but we can always walk away from an investigation, uh, learning something new, learning the history. Um, and oftentimes investigating, we walk away with nothing as far as the paranormal field goes. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, yeah, it's still, well, it's still highly entertaining because you're getting, you know, you're getting knowledge of things that maybe you didn't know about, you know, and history and the background and stuff like that. Yeah. Now, and when you're doing that, are you like, like, like I was saying before, like, will you bring someone, one like, you know, Patrick or someone with you, or are you just, are you on your, like, going to do yours alone? And, you know, is everybody doing the, cause no, I saw no, no, like, no. I, okay. Yeah, that one's tough. I, I will never do this completely alone. Okay. Um, because I don't think that's what, uh, is, I don't think that's helping the field, the paranormal field at all by doing things alone mm-hmm. or secretively or quietly or individually. Um, uh, we're in a field that we need to share ideas. We need to share information. Um, but more importantly, there's always someone out there that has more information as far as historical relevance. So Karen, Mm -hmm. of course, uh, I look to you to possibly one day do a, uh, an episode on Wellington, uh, that would also feature you, uh, and your historical relevance, because we have to consider there's so many people in the field that, that we work with that have incredible knowledge. And I would love to share this uh, uh, whole experience with as many of those people as I can, especially as it relates to historical information. Mm-hmm. There you go. Look at that, Karen. Boom. Cool. Cool. Awesome. I know. Yeah. So, Nobody uh, even knows what the hell my show's about. And you're already hit up for being a <laughs> uh, uh, guest appearance. Well, that's all right. I, you know, I, whatever, I'm easy. I probably shouldn't say that, huh? <laughs> no, I'll save that one for this year, New Year's. Yeah, yeah. Let's just, let's just, let's just. <laughs> oh Lord. So, um, so whose whose idea was this to start this whole thing? I mean, how did this come about? You know, I mean, because 
I just, you know, there's like, the driving. That's actually a, a very good question. And I haven't talked to anybody about that yet, but I don't know that they'd want their names revealed other than, uh, there's a couple, uh, producers behind it that are looking to, uh, you know, just try and get their own online network, uh, produced. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I think, uh, destination America is, is dominating, um, television with its paranormal shows but so many of some of the greatest shows were kind of fading out off of sci-fi they were changing direction or uh you know even some of it was getting kind of old and they were looking for something new right and so uh a few of us individuals were approached and said here's what we want to do um and we all just kind of said this is a great opportunity now what you mentioned earlier i would love the opportunity to work with some others uh from the dark zone on episodes moving forward carl i got to know carl he is an amazing guy and the fact he's got uh you know he's all over the stanley hotel uh which of course is where the shining uh was written and focusing on the hotel out there in colorado Mm -hmm. um but even susan slaughter who has an amazing mind and she's got her own niche i would love to work with her i've investigated with her at a couple locations in the past and i would love to bring in these people and work with them also on individual episodes because I haven't worked in the paranormal field for the most part with so many of these, uh, of these folks. That's cool. So uh, you said projects as in plural, is there besides we're talking about the, the dark zone? I mean, what else, what else is going on with you, man? What else is happening? Oh God. Well, let's not forget. I have a day job that pays my bills, uh, because we have to do that. So. Wait, 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 you, you work, you don't live off that huge wealth he, of celebrity actually, he fame. Just sits around, he sits around at home and waits for radio shows to call and stuff. <laughs> I think you just start to so, charge yeah. for charge for wearing your hat. I think he can make a Take million. The hat out for a spin yeah, there you go. That's not a bad idea. If I'm going to make money off of this somehow, that's, that's probably mm-hmm. the most lucrative right there. I think you um, can make a show you know around what? it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've got, uh, well, gosh, um, uh, I've got a few individuals that we're working on a possible documentary on that. I'm not sure any information should be released on that yet. That's right. Um, But we've got that. We've got the Oregon Ghost Conference coming up. That means I have to come up with a new talk for that. Well, you have to. First Um, of all, you have to get your speaker application in by the 18th. You have have 17 days, Verbert. You've been reprimanded. I know. know. And you know what? He won't get it in, trust me. <laughs> no, I actually just spoke with uh, another member of Oregon Paranormal last night, Casey, about getting something in. So, uh, but you know what? I ac- actually thought this may be the first conference that I go to where I don't really go gung ho. Uh, and Chuck, you haven't seen many of the shows out here, but I end up on a panel. I end up with my own discussion. I end up with an Oregon Paranormal discussion. Mm-hmm. I end up, you know, I, I-, I float all over the place. You're and pretty so busy. This was the first year. That I went, you know what, maybe I won't talk so that I can get to talk with everybody else. Right. I never get time to socialize and get to learn uh, and attend other classes. But unfortunately, um, I, I can't completely ignore it. And Casey and I are going to at least offer a, a talk on something. Gotcha. Cool. Awesome. That's awesome. And I'm sure it will I'm be entertaining. Otherwise. Yes. Yes. <laughs> lots of swear words. Uh, lots, lots of, of swear words. About history. Nice. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, so anyway, words, that's what I'm up to. Words right wow. in the PowerPoint presentation, by the way. Not just coming out of his mouth, but right in that PowerPoint presentation. In the PowerPoint, <laughs> on the screen. Pretty much. Here's, oh, yeah. the, here's the effing activity. And then, the, yeah, I got you. Okay. Wow. 
And nice. When you're trying to drive a point, sometimes you got to throw a swear word behind it just to make it sound good. <laughs> <laughs> Gives a little pizzazz, is it? Well, exactly. I mean, that wasn't that wasn't me judging Jay. You know, I don't have a very clean mouth. So I know, I know. No. Oh my gosh! In fact, I just realized tonight is Thursday, what? so Ghost Mine is actually on TV tonight. Is it on? The, isn't it like having some kind of a renaissance on some different channel now? Yeah, De- Destination America has been running uh, the series. I don't know if they were showing season one and season two. Someone said. They were just showing season two, but it was on every Thursday, just like we had it uh, back when it was on Sci-Fi. I need to, I need to have Jim sit down and watch that because, really, if nothing else, it's just amusing to watch you on a TV show, honestly. Because he, yeah, you know, I know. It's he's kinda... only known you. He's only known you as you. He he'd never seen the TV show. <laughs> I know, and and you know what? I actually sat down because I haven't seen season two really. Uh, you know, when you've kind of lived this stuff, it's not exciting to sit down and watch other than to make sure they don't make you look like an idiot. Yeah. But uh, I've gone back and I've watched it and it's been a lot of fun. I miss all the miners. I miss everybody. I got, I have every single one on DVD. So if you need to see them, just let me know. Oh, perfect. perfect. Yes, I did. It's the first season. <laughs> I, I edited out the commercials. I even made cases for them. I got it, man. It's all done. Wow. Yeah. Maybe, I like that show. Maybe, maybe he's your stalker, Jay. Oh, you know what? Chuck would be an awesome stalker. He'd be, he'd be all right, wouldn't he? Hey, thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate he'd be pretty that. Pretty good. Yeah, no, <laughs> I really, I just love the show because it was such a unique, uh, a unique show. Because you know, I, I got into the. It's funny because I'm I like the paranormal, but I got into the mining part just no, as like much as I got part, into the yeah. par, par, you know the paranormal. Like when that started, like you're watching the, in the mining, it's just like any show, and this is really cool. And then then they add in the paranormal, and they're like some of the weird stuff. So, some of that stuff was really weird that was happening to you guys. And then I'd be like, well, okay, that's and, really and what's funny, interesting. I, I I think I told you this last time I I talked with you guys, but there was a shift in the viewers. So you had the viewers that were tuning in just to watch the ghost stuff. Mm-hmm. And they'd go, oh, this mining stuff is stupid. And the mining <laughs> people would, you know, who are into like Gold Rush, Alaska, they would tune in and they go, oh, this ghost stuff is really crappy. But after a while, it started to transition. And, uh, you know, the, the ghost investigators, uh, people started getting into the mining and wanted to learn more about that and then vice versa. So it really opened up this whole realm of possibilities uh, out there that was unlike any other show. Yeah, yeah it, the mining stuff was really cool. I always told people when I when I finally watched it, and it had been on, I probably didn't watch it until towards the end of the second season. And somebody just said, "You yeah. really should watch this. You'll you'll like it." And I was like, "Okay." And I I had met you by then, and I was like, "Okay, well, I'll watch." Because I'd met both you and Patrick <laughs> by then. I think we'd sat on a panel together or something. And yeah. I was like, "Okay, well, I'll watch it." And I watched it, and I was like, "Okay, this is like um, the one about the the guys that fish for crab, but with paranormal stuff." Yeah, the deadliest catch. Yeah, that one, and I always loved deadliest catch. So you know, <laughs> actually, I, I thought it was pretty cool. Camera guy and one sound guy that actually uh, works on deadliest catch too. Trust me, our show was nothing like deadliest catch. Those guys suffer out there, but uh, we we blow stuff up, so that's cool. No, I know, and that was and that was the other thing that I liked about the show was that you guys got to blow stuff up, and you had to run really fast. Yeah. Away from so that was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that the running part when they when they said there was a one where they set off and like get out of the mine, get out of the mine, you know, hurry up, you know, yeah, and then I'll blow yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> crap, you guys are crazy, man. So yeah, oh, I loved it though. I'd do it again in a heartbeat. 
Would you? <laughs> Even though it was really, really hard. Would you still be a greenhorn or is that over? And why were you a greenhorn on the second season? How how long do you have to be a greenhorn before somebody yeah, starts to like, you yeah. know, treat treat you with respect, man? Give you a different oh, color. Gosh, so. You know what? That's that's a good question. I would still call myself a greenhorn. And I think I would be a greenhorn for years to come um, <laughs> until there was a new greenhorn. Someone always has to take over for, you know, digging the trains and doing things that nobody wants to do. Um, but you know what? There's still a lot I have to learn. Um, you know, I had two years of mining up there and I need years and years more practice. Uh, these guys that are drilling with those, um, with the jack legs, those guys yeah. are on it every day, every day for months and months on end. And, uh, you know what it's granted, you know, the fundamentals going back the next year, but you kind of forget the basics of how to carry such a massive piece of equipment, how to get on it, how to not let it control you. Uh, it, it's kind of a nightmare sometimes. So I had a lot to learn, trust me. And, and then of course, when we were hopeful for a season three, if we went to Arizona, mm-hmm. that would have been a whole different type of mining. You're dealing with different rock. You're dealing with different, um, you know, mining techniques, different methods for making sure there's uh, safety precautions taken care of in the mine. Everything is different. I, I don't see why they couldn't have went longer with it. Cause I mean, it was such a unique and cool, um, idea, you know, cause it, like you said, it was kind of like a little bit for this particular group and a little yeah. bit for this particular group. So I don't really, yeah. I don't really see that. And, and you know what, it, it could all just been nothing more than a, than a series of, of, um, bad timing between production companies and networks and, mm-hmm. and president, uh, changes in the network that it all just kind of said, you know what, just let it go. Yeah. Um, and that just ended it. So, so do you, um, I, I mean, I'm, I know you hang around, do you hang around with some of the people from the show still? I mean, besides Patrick, of course, like Jamal or. I, I saw Jamal today, as a matter of fact, um, yeah. I tried to, I was down in California, uh, month or so ago, I tried to meet up with Kristen, who I've done on several occasions, saw her yeah. down in California. Uh, I've, I see Dick and Duck there in Cottage Grove, about uh, two hours south of me here. Um, I, uh, Stan and his wife came out and met me in Arizona. So mm-hmm. we still try and, and stay in touch to some degree. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's not like it, uh, it was. In fact, Patrick, I used to work in the same company as Patrick here, and he's up and off to Canada now. So Oh, I don't know. I'm okay. that Trump thing or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like the, you know, the, what I found cool about the show besides the mines was the, the whole, the, was it a Sumner hotel? Was it the whole, was it mm-hmm. a hotel? Yeah. I found that to be the bed and breakfast. Yeah. The bed and breakfast. That's it. Cause that yeah. place was seriously active. If anything, I'm, I'm truly confident that the, something was going on at uh, the Sumter bed and breakfast. And I oh, encourage yeah. people, you know, go out there, stay there. And they will, um, uh, you know, let them know in advance if, if you're looking to investigate. They will make sure they don't book you with different people uh, planning it out far enough in advance. But um, it's an amazing, amazing building with an incredible history. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're in the we're in the paranormal field, and you've been doing this for a while now. So why don't you give us give us some ideas of things you've come across lately, or things you've run into, or experiences, or anything like that. Oh God, you know what? That's tough. I still can't say I've experienced anything that I'm flat out guaranteeing is paranormal okay. uh, or unexplainable. Um, but gosh, for the most part, um, you know, being working with Oregon paranormal, 
Uh, we have our private residential investigations that we'll do. Okay. Uh, as far as historical locations, um, you know what? I haven't done one uh, recently outside of, you know, everybody gathered at, uh, at Manresa, but that wasn't an investigation. That was a social gathering, but that was still such an amazing um, event because I got to speak with a lot of people that I don't get to uh, talk with on a regular basis, like Teresa Carroll or Ankasha, people mm-hmm. who work within the psychic field. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something that's totally fascinating to me. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. That's okay. Um, but um, one of the difficulties is I'm very much caught up into the parasi- parapsychological aspect of things. I have a hard time differentiating between something that might be paranormal and something that we may have caused ourselves through our own energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that seems to be one of my biggest stumbling blocks right now is truly trying to understand and separate the possibility of me interfering with an investigation versus something truly paranormal happening. Okay. Isn't some of the, the research that Michael's doing right now um, kind of looking at that type of stuff, Jay? Uh, a little bit. Um, what they're looking at, in fact, a lot of the experience, uh, Michael with uh, PRI, um, he's looking for that possibility, but he's also looking for, uh, oftentimes these experiments will try and touch on, on numerous things like remote viewing, um, uh, PK, those sort of things. So there's a few different possibilities that tie up within an experiment that were that he's been trying to research. Um, in fact, it was Neil McNeil who really took me for a spin on this head trip uh, sort of scenarios where I truly wanted to understand the possibility of the human interaction with everything going on, because I think that screws up everything. Um, it's I, funny. I agree. History is my, yeah, history is my big draw. But let's look at it this. I'm, let's say I'm a, a reporter and I'm standing on the street as somebody is murdered right in front of me by, uh, let's say, a gunshot wound to the head. Whoever is writing that story has the power to manipulate, alter, change the view and perspective of what's going on just by their own experience. So it's really hard to determine if we're going on with our imagination with a story history, for example, and altering the circumstances around us, um, or the fact that the history that's been written is even accurate based upon what really happened versus someone else's human uh, experience with it. Mm -hmm. Well, Um, but even in in scientific research, Jay, you wind up with the observer, the person who's doing the experimenting, in some way impacting the outcome of that experiment. Absolutely. Absolutely it will always impact it and change it. Um, so that's why, you know, if something creepy happens, I'm not sure, um, how to take it, but what I want is recorded data. Did something happen on audio video and maybe a tri-field meter, a K2? What I want is a, a multiple devices to react at a specific instance that tells me but now we, as people could still have caused that ourselves through our own, uh, energy, but I'm looking for the possibility of something triggering across multiple um, data inputs uh, uh, for the possibility of what I would believe would be a haunting. Now, tying that in with history, that's a little bit more complicated. But can I get EVPs where they're giving me answers that, that you know, shorten that stepping stone on a path? Right. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you got to think that the human element, like we put ourselves in that space as the human element, we can be the catalyst for the spiritual, the, the spirits to come through, connect to us and the energy of both. You know what I mean? Like it's not just 
us as the observer causing everything, but us as the observer might be the catalyst to allow the others, the spirits per se, to come through to do what they, what they, what they do. Absolutely. And you know what? There's always those individuals. You might get one individual who says, oh, I'm always being touched. Nobody ever touches me. You might get someone else who always gets EVPs. Ron Solar is a, a great uh, gentleman. That guy gets EVPs uh, left and right. Mm-hmm. Um, and is there something about the person, the individual themselves, that allows that to come through clearer, that can manipulate the devices around them to produce better EVPs, or are they, in fact, altering the equipment unconsciously uh, to create these um, responses? Mm-hmm. And so what do you, I mean, have, do you have enough information yet to make that? No, you know, okay. and, and you know, I, I'm not even sure we ever will mm-hmm. um, have enough information to make that concrete. And the more mm-hmm. we know about the human mind and how it works, it's, uh, you know, it's a big ball of uh, chaos at times. So I'm not sure we'll ever really have an answer, but uh, I think if we get that answer, it will be accidentally something yeah. will just fall into place that gives us that next um, uh, unlocked door. And that's all I'm doing is just making myself available in case any doors want to open while I'm there. <laughs> you know, though, the thing is, Jay, is that, okay, so I have tried to psychokinetically imprint something on on a, a recording medium before. I've tried really, really uh-huh. hard because this is a question that I wonder about, too. Um, and especially in talking to Neil and things like that, it, it sort of makes me think about it. And so I've really, really tried. Now, I just yeah. may be crap at psychokinesis, uh, which is very possible, but I've never been able to do it yet. I'm one of those people like Ron who captures a ton of EVPs. Um, so yeah. does that mean then that if it is actually me, I'm only good at it when I'm, I'm not trying? Well, and you got to remember when you're trying, when you're purposely trying to do something yeah. um, l- like leave an impression on a tape, your mm-hmm. perspective has changed and now your focus is that. And mm-hmm. that's where even small things uh, as a good example are like doubt. So you're thinking, oh, I'm going to imprint on this um, audio device. Way in the back of your mind at times you have very faint thoughts of, well, I know I can't do this, but I'm going to keep trying because that's sure. what I want to do. And sure. so could that be altering um, the whole, uh, you know, method to the mayhem, uh, just changing a simple thought pattern like that, which all of a sudden does make it impossible because you're focused on it. I don't know. True. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. All I know is that I have really tried oh, and um, yeah. never been able to do it. And yet I get a lot of EVPs when I'm, you know, just walking around with a recorder. Well, maybe you're a magnet too. Maybe you, you, you as the person has that ability to. The I'm incredibly feel comfortable magnetic, and, Jeff. Well, yes, you are. Yes. You're very charming. But I'm just saying, you <laughs> know, maybe you, maybe they draw to you because there's something within your your physical yeah, makeup I, or you know, I don't whatever. Know. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't have and, an answer, but go ahead. Jake. And the yeah. difficulty with an EVP versus a disembodied voice, obviously. We can physically hear a disembodied voice and it will come through on audio recordings. Mm -hmm. But if it is a true electronic voice phenomena, uh, we should technically be able to uh, have a recording device with no microphone whatsoever and still pick up that audio. And uh, that's one of the things I plan to um, 
you know, to bring to every investigation moving forward is I would love an audio device where I can quickly, I mean, that's going to be the easiest um, piece of evidence to review because it's just going to flatline unless something pops up. But I got one. I got one I can give you. That was because without a microphone? It has the microphone plugs into the top and then you just take okay. the microphone off. So I've got one you can have because I don't use it anymore. Oh, perfect. And have you yeah. ever got anything on it? Uh, yes. Really? Not with I, I I haven't tried it without the microphone. I'll I'll let you do that. But I mean, yeah. it, it's you know, I've, yes, I've I've gotten EVPs and things on it, but I've always just had yeah. the microphone on it because mm -hmm. you know, I only well, yeah. recently thought about r removing it. <laughs> yeah, and that's, and that's an interesting concept. You say that because I mean, to me, I always think about frequencies. You know, the low frequencies. So yeah. you know, the, the, it has to be the mic because it has to be able to pick up something you know what i mean there's had to be a way to bring in that vibe that frequency or vibration to make it imprint to the machine so versus taking yeah. the microphone off it's sort of like taking one and putting it in a faraday cage and blocking it off from every outside possible electronical exactly. electric source and then seeing if you still get something so it's interesting yeah well one so, of the I things that What's i yeah one of the things that i like that you guys do um at pri and at opi is uh, that um, you guys actually do try to isolate variables and look at it very logically. And I think you know me well enough to know that I'm not even slightly logical. <laughs> and so I admire, I, well, I, you know, you know your strengths, right? And I, I admire the patience and care that it takes to have that kind of logical progression. I really admire it. Now, I'm not good at it um, because I'm too yeah. impatient and too intuitive and all of that stuff. But I, I think it's really important that there are people in the field that do that because I've been around a lot of, a lot of paranormal teams and um, very few actually try to isolate those variables and really, really break it down to its smallest parts because that's not fun. That's, that's not exciting. That's boring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what? I want to eliminate uh, as much um, interference as I possibly can to try and really understand what it is uh, we're experiencing. Uh, trust me, I want nothing more than than to um, have an afterlife that I know my energy goes on and there's uh, a higher level of being or sharing with loved ones. That's all I want and that's all I'm looking for. Um, I just kind of convolute it with all of my weird uh, little processes. That's all. <laughs> Well, I mean, but that's a, that's a, you know, but we have to have that thought process too, because it's important. So we can discern maybe really what's going on. But I think at some point, um, even with being a psychic and, 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 you know, things that I pick up on and I feel are true, um, I don't think that we're supposed to really know 100% anyways. I think that if you knew how, maybe let's say, let's say, oh, we knew how beautiful it was on the other side, how wonderful it was. You know, who would yeah. want to stay here? Who would want to be here and be gaining knowledge and, and interacting? And I mean, it would just be, hey, let's just take that, that trip over to the other side, you know? So I don't think, I yeah. think there's a reason for that. You know what I'm saying? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to end up somewhere and I'm going to be going, shit, why the hell did uh -huh. I do all that crap for years? <laughs> you're you're going to be, you're going to be on the other side and, you know, God's going to go, hey, can I, can I wear your head for a minute, please? You're going to sure, no problem. There you go, buddy. <laughs> there you go, God. There you yeah. go. Yeah, look good in it. So, um, you say you do you're doing residentials, right? 
You do residentials. Yes. Uh, through Oregon Paranormal, we'll uh, have individuals reach out um, uh, for home investigations. Um, those are always tough for me because there's that level of responsibility to make sure um, everything is conducted as the client deems uh, fit. Um, You do have to, uh, a a level of things you have to fit within when a uh, a residence wants you to investigate. But at the same time, you're dealing with something uh, that is interfering with a family, uh, their home. Uh, It's it's a little bit more difficult uh, versus a historic location where you can just go in and, and set up all your equipment and go crazy with it. Right, exactly. Well, yeah, because you have the human elements. You gotta, you have to know their beliefs and their thoughts, and you know, and their their fears, and deal with that yeah. at the same time as a person to person kind of a thing. And then you also have to deal with, um, you know, the actual is there activity really going on, or is there things we can explain? So, I mean, how does that? I mean, with the, with your thought process and stuff like that, and but then you're seeing the people dealing with the situation, and they're believing what's really going on. I mean, how does that all fit together? You know, for the most part, um, the one common thread you you see among um, private households is they just want someone to recognize that they're not crazy. Uh, someone okay. to back them up to say, okay, so things can happen that I don't know what's causing it. Um, oftentimes, uh, you get nothing, um, nothing on audio, nothing on video. Uh, we did have a couple things with a recent investigation at a house where um, – the geophone uh, was detecting movement on a cement floor, which was kind of odd. And of course my mind starts going, okay, well maybe the geophone's busted. You know, we can't trust it anymore. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) So every time we get something, I'm defying it for one reason or another. Um, But yeah, it's uh, the whole private residence thing. I, I, I enjoy, but the responsibility often leaves me feeling like, uh, I'm missing something in a private residence. And you know what? That just leads to more possibilities of how we can investigate. We have had investigations in in private residences where the homeowner stayed with us, um, which is important because you have to consider maybe the homeowner is the actual trigger mechanism that's causing a lot of these, uh, what appears to be paranormal activity going on. Mm -hmm. Well, you think that's, that's, I mean, even if you think of it that way, let's say it's it's the person that's causing the the uh, activity. I th- I still find that fascinating. Like you know, yeah. how are they? Like how is their mind? How is their mind putting this energy out to be able to do what's happening? And why is it doing it? Is this well, is it a fear based thing, or you know what I mean? Well, and that a lot a lot of that is what you will find in poltergeist type uh, cases and scenarios. But even just the fact that maybe the person that lives there is what uh, uh, brings attention to what's possibly going on out there. What if uh, the activity is directed at this specific person rather than just the house or something going on with it? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's difficult because to really do a whole home investigation, I would want to investigate with them there. I'd want to investigate with them gone. I want to investigate with nobody in the house. I want to cover all the bases with it to see, you know, is there any one particular scenario that brings out activity? Well, and if an act, if activity typically occurs under certain conditions, I believe you need to recreate those conditions. 
including yeah. people who were there. The people who are there as, are just as big a part of the conditions that the activity is occurring under as something environmental and whether it's light and what the temperature is and all of that. Absolutely. And one of the things Oregon Paranormal has tried to do is, um, you know, we talk about uh, keeping a little uh, daily diary of when things are happening. Um, and we're hopeful to get at least three months uh, of a diary so we can pick up a few instances of what they're describing. But um, when you go back and you read these notes, if, if they keep having an experience around 3 p.m., uh, why the hell are we investigating at 2 a.m.? Right. Uh, we're missing it all. Right. Well, that's like when people talk about, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to investigate at nighttime. You know what I mean? You can, you, you should be investigating. With the lights out, right. Yeah. You know, you should yeah. be investigating when the activity is being purported. Like you said, it could be one in the afternoon. Okay. Well then I need to be there at one in the afternoon. Cause of course this is when this is supposedly happening. So. Exactly. Yeah. So Rob exactly. has a question. Rob wants to oh. know, Rob St. Helen. Wants to know, yeah. in an investigation, maybe you're having things happen, but due to your second guessing yourself, you're overthinking and wanting a bigger something to happen before you believe. Is that what's happening? And you and I have actually had that conversation, that you're so busy second guessing yourself that you're not allowing yourself the experience. Yeah, uh, you know what, I'm sure, I, I'm very sure that I'm blocking myself from having experiences. Um because I try to be too analytical about it. So something might happen and I'll want to sit and experience it, but because I don't have every variable at that given moment of which direction was airflow, what was, you know, right. whatever possibility it might be, I end up truly <laughs> letting them go as something I can't basically right. prove is or isn't uh, paranormal activity uh, and just assume there's more out there I didn't know about. But what harm would it do you to allow yourself the experience in the moment and then overthink it later? The fact that I'd be fooling myself. I don't like the idea that I would be fooling myself. And so I feel like as, as an investigator, I need to look at every possibility at the given moment. Fair um, enough. I, I, I've had a couple that I can't explain. Um, uh, Santa Quinn, Utah, Leslie's Family Tree uh, Restaurant or Diner. Um, the noises in the ceiling that were happening were were really crazy. Um, but I don't have all of the answers to really say, yes, that was paranormal or no, it wasn't. But doesn't, but doesn't one like this whole thing is just really screwing me up. You know that guy? <laughs> well, it's like, well, it's like when, when Karen made a good point though. It's like opening yourself up and allowing yourself just to experience that would be a good variable to add to everything else you're trying to do. Like you want to lay it yeah. out. You want to lay out every single piece, not the pieces you just believe in. You want to lay out every single piece and then put it together and go, okay, now I can look at it and go, all right, well, wait a minute. There might be something to this. Like, you know, is everything explainable? Is everything yeah. have an answer? And I, I, and, I don't think we truly have no idea if trifield meters, K2s, EMF, all of this, we have no idea if any of these devices are going to give us a, a, a reading as to paranormal yeah. activity. It <laughs> will give us a reading to ed energy anomalies, but yes. it doesn't tell us if there is someone uh, from the beyond trying to communicate. Um, so ultimately, any of these devices going crazy, what I want is several of these things to happen that are documented simultaneously that I can look back on and go, something felt weird, something went off on the tri-field meter, 
and something weird is on the camera. And if yeah. I can get, you know, a couple instances like that, that's when I go, okay, something odd is happening that is unexplainable. True. Well, yeah. So because- have you ever had that cluster, Jay? No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because it's like, so, how do you, how, but how do you base, that was a good point you're saying though, really quick is how do you base, how do you base equipment to read something yeah. you know nothing about? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, that's even an impossible. Even if you understand the magnetic field and what is being read on a device. Right. Does this spiritual being that I'm hoping to communicate, does it even have a magnetic field to register on a device? Exactly. Does that's it what have I'm saying. any sort yes. of energy output? Right. I mean, to me, I look at it as though the environment is changing. I mean, that's how I look at yeah. things a lot when I'm doing with the equipment. It's just like, oh, something has changed in the environment, which is making these, you know, the energy fluctuate or the temperature fluctuate or whatever the barometric pressure fluctuate so that these, these, these meters are now picking up a change in the environment. Then if we get that change in the environment and then all of a sudden we're getting some kind of activity, which we can't explain that is out of the norm, then is it possible that this could be something as a spirit or whatever you want to call it? Um, and then that's what, that's why all this stuff is changing. Yeah, absolutely. And just bringing in equipment changes the environment because now we have a perceived Mm -hmm. idea that we're going to read something off of this equipment. So Mm -hmm. we're anticipating this equipment to uh, be manipulated. Uh, It's, it's a whole, uh, um, snowball it's a whole thing. Kind of oh my in. God, I quit. I'm just not doing it anymore. I'm done. Thanks, Jay. Thanks a lot. Man. So yeah, I'm yeah, going, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm going to ask you something that I've never asked you, or mm-hmm. if I have, we'd we'd probably been drinking, and I don't remember the answer, honestly. Okay. Um, so so I know that you joke and you say you guys are all freaks, and I know that that um, you you think especially some of the things that I do, kind of freakish. Um, but I have also never felt any disrespect from you or Casey or anyone about the fact that I truly believe that I have these abilities and I'm having these experiences. So I want to know truly, what do you think about someone like me who's having these experiences and these abilities? How does that fit within your paradigm? mm -hmm. First and foremost, yes, you are a freak. Uh, (laughs) Okay. We're freaks. Um, no, here, here's the thing. Um, I, I, I never, I, I am not in any authority to tell any one person in this world that they are not what they believe they are, or they don't have the skill set they have. Um, I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense to me, but I still, uh, myself, Oregon Paranormal, um, we still work with psychics. Uh, we work with mediums, people who can remote view, because these are all possibilities. Just like a K2 is a possibility of reading paranormal, so is a psychic. So is Now, the really scary thing is I've seen more proof that psychic abilities exist than the possibility of actually talking to a dead person. Nice. And that I can't explain. Nice. But because there's no way for me to, uh, you can't put a measurement on, on a psychic or a medium's skills. And just because two might be getting different readings doesn't mean any one particular person is wrong. They could both be right, picking up on something completely different. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I'll joke and I'll call you a freak and a crazy person and all that. (laughs) But, uh, uh, you know, I do that in in love and jest. And that is still 
you are nothing more than, um, to me anyway, during an investigation, you are nothing more than another possibility of an experience, a shared experience that can provide information in a way I may not even know how to use if you gave it to me. So you're it's calling me more a tool? Information. <laughs> yes. You didn't say the word. Yes. I was like, he was getting around it really well, too. <laughs> <laughs> a gift, a tool, however you want. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, did, I did that once. That's not a good thing. I was waiting for you to say the T word. You didn't, so that was good. That yeah, was very good. I, I, I appreciated you working your way around that, Jerry. Very nice. Well, uh, and I have never, I mean, I have never felt any uh, other than when we joke and I don't feel disrespect when you call me a freak because yeah. I am. Um, but I try and call myself a freak publicly if I ever bring it up. So. <laughs> yeah. I, so, so I've never, you know, I've never felt any disrespect, but I've always, it's, it's something that I wonder about, especially with the people that are very focused on, um, on more of the evidence-y, science-y stuff like you are. Yeah. Um, the yeah. technical investigation. So it always, I always wonder, you know, so that was a good answer. I, you know, we're still friends. There you go. Uh, yeah. Oh, so to, to, this, nice. to this day, I've got uh, recordings of uh, psychics giving me answers to something historically relevant um, where I've got no blips on a K2, no tri-field meter. So more importantly, are you communicating with uh, an entity? Are you picking up on past energy? What's going on? That's still things to be studied. I, I will tell you, though. Yeah. Yeah, the the one thing I will always tell a psychic, whoever we're working with, is do not talk to me. Don't give me any clues as to what you're doing. Keep a notebook. Write every single thing down. Because if I come back and I say, yeah, this is weird at 8 o'clock, and your notes show at 8 o'clock something weird happened to you, I'll, yeah, that's cool. I'll, I want to research that more. I want to understand. But if yeah. I say, yeah, something weird happened at 8 o'clock, and a psychic goes, yeah, me too. And I say, well, did you write it down? If they say no, then I said, then I don't want to hear about it. It doesn't matter yes. to me. I can't okay. utilize it. Two, two chat questions. First one's from Rob. Yes. Uh, you guys must have been at the Stanley Hotel together. Stanley Hotel in the theater. We saw Lucy's door closed by itself a handful of times. What were your thoughts on that? Oh, I don't know if I was in that room when that happened. Um, oh, gosh. See, doors closing, windows closing. I, I've had my paranormal experiences where I've even had side-swinging windows opening and closing in the night that I couldn't, uh, you know, just a breeze wouldn't shut it. I don't know how to explain those. Um, but, yeah, the only, the only really thing that happened to me at the Stanley that was odd was I remember sitting up in the balcony in the uh, music hall and just feeling like... Um, there was a woman that would have played, uh, I, I'm getting it confused now between stories, but I felt as if it was a woman enjoying the piano. And I may have heard that prior to going in, so I can't quantify that as anything paranormal. Okay. Um, yeah, it's tough. Okay, Bubba Love has a question. He says, yes. can the energy of the investigating group's intent be transmitted to the energy of the place being investigated or the energy of spirits, ghosts located in the place being investigated? Uh, you know, I believe they're, po they're both possible. Unfortunately, there's no way to tell whose energy is screwing with what, you know, is it the right. environmental energy? Is it our energy? Um, so yes, I do believe that energy can wreak havoc all around. 
Um, what's important is to differentiate, and that's why you really have to work with centering yourself and in your mind focusing on, I'm not going to go in with a perceived idea. I'm going into experience, feel, uh, and just observe. Um, the moment you start expecting an outcome is the moment your energy has the possibility to manipulate the readings that are coming in. So whether it's on a device reading magnetism or even a psychic, uh, that's, I can't tell you how many times working with a psychic, I'll think, okay, don't think about this because if they pick up on it, are they picking up on it from me or right. from the house? Yeah. But as soon so, as you say to yourself, don't think about a clown, what's the first thing you see in your brain? You see yeah, the damn clown. About it. <laughs> so, well, so why, which is why you try and give yourself, um, uh, like here's an example, Michael working on uh, some of these experiments with PRI, um, uh, a great possibility might be we're all conducting this experiment for 20 minutes each. I know there's a card on my back. I don't know what it is. I know a remote viewer is coming in to look at that card. And so what am I doing? I'm sitting here thinking about the possibility of this card on my back. Well, maybe at that given uh, 10 minutes of experimentation, maybe I should be reading something. Maybe I should um, be trying to work a Sudoku puzzle. Maybe I should, okay. you know, whatever it might be. Something that at least draws your mind away from the focus of the experiment um, may help. That makes sense. Yep. So Rob says in response to your question, thanks, Jay. I effing love you, man. Um, I effing love you too, Rob. There you go. <laughs> Jen Jennifer wants to know if there's any chance of a Destination America reboot of Ghost Wine, I would assume. Uh, you know what? I would, I would love that to be the case. I don't know. Um, first of all, if it come, if, let's say Ghost Mine comes back. They're not going to make me a greenhorn miner when I'm sitting there running through the mines now going, hold on, everybody grab your K2s. We got to drill this round out. Let's <laughs> check on the evidence while we're back there. <laughs> right. Um, uh but you know what? I think our show was a little bit different in that our show was owned by the network. So sci-fi would literally have to sell the show to another network um, okay. or another production company. But um, I'll, I'll tell you what, if they said, hey, Jay, you want to go mining this summer? I'd be in it wholeheartedly. I'd be back uh, busting my ass and, and doing my part. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so that's all the stuff I have from chat, actually. So, hey, Jay, in like, yeah. um, we do this thing at the end of the show. We call it the lightning round. And oh, it's yes. just I remember the lightning round. Well, you want to stick around for the lightning round? Sure, let's do it. All right. Well, first we have to actually, Cheryl, is it break time? Do we need to have Jay do his uh, shameless self-promotion corner and then uh, run an ad and then do the... Uh, I mean, it'll be like about 15 minutes. Can you stand hanging with us for another 15? I think so. Oh, All thanks. right. All right. Well, so before we go to break, why don't you go ahead and, and shamelessly self-promote uh, anything where people can find you. You you have a Facebook, but you're never there. Um, <laughs> you know, you where, where people can see the new network and all of that. So go shamelessly yeah. self-promote, dude. All right. So on Facebook, you're probably going to want to hit up Jay Verberg's research. Um, it was changed from ghost mine or whatever, because I do a lot of other shit now, but check out J A Y V E R B U R G S research. And, uh, from there you'll find, uh, links that go to my Instagram to Twitter, a little bit of everything, but then you're also going to want to get on Facebook and you're going to want to check out the dark zone. 
Um, that's where you will find information not only about me, but uh, Susan Slaughter, Carl Pfeiffer, uh, Patrick Doyle, Kristen Lumen, and myself, Dave Schrader. There's going to be some great stuff uh, from all of us coming out on that. There you go. Okay. I, I think that tagline should be for your uh, page too, Jay Verberg's research, because I do a lot of other Jay shit Verberg's now research. too. There you go. Yeah, yeah I do but no, that's specific because I do a lot of other shit too. Yeah, too. that's the tagline. Okay. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then you know what? Just to uh, just to make it easy for everybody, if yeah. you go to the the darkzone TV, mm-hmm. that will give you links to everybody's uh, shows. Yes. Fantastic. All right. So you're going to stick around. We're going to take a break uh, because I have to get Jim up here because Jim also does the lightning round. So uh, hang hang on the phone. We'll be right back. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark here on MixLR. Join me at the Big Seance Podcast. I'm Patrick Keller of BigSeance.com, and this is a place for an open discussion on all things paranormal, but specifically topics like ghosts and hauntings, paranormal research, spirit communication, psychics and mediums, and life after death. The candles are already lit, so you might as well come on in and join the Big Seance Podcast. Global Secret Society, what imprisons your overall freedom, dismissed as conspiracy. Mind-controlling technology, dismissed as science fiction. Evolutions in primal energies, ghostly apparitions, UFO and extraterrestrial life forms, dismissed as a fantasy. Three books, written by Maria Anna van Driel, telling you everything what can be known by revealing the truth of the most unbelievable actions governments have made in the last eight decades in mind and behavior control. The traditional light bulb, a groundbreaking invention in 1879. It's time we switch to longer lasting energy star light bulbs. They're more efficient than the old bulbs, like a text message is more efficient than a carrier pigeon. And they cut down on our energy costs. Because in our own groundbreaking age, we deserve a light bulb that saves us some cash. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. Where do you want to go to lunch? I'm having a stroke. Did you hear what I said? I'm having a stroke. Why aren't you answering me? I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for FAST. F. Face drooping. A. Arm weakness. S. Speech difficulty. T. Time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. So you're looking for the best in paranormal radio. Well, you've just found it right here on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. Join me, Chucky G, and my awesome co-host, Karen Frazier, for topics ranging from the metaphysical to the unexplained. That's right. Every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and other times in the flyover states on MixLR, we will delve into all things paranormal. And along the way, we hope to entertain you and have a few laughs as well. So join us on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark, exploring the unexplained. We are back. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark on MixLR with your host, Karen Frazier, and me, Chucky G. And, and of course, Jay Verberg, our guest, is still with us. Um, Cheryl? Yes, I'm Yes, you're good. And okay. Jim? Jim's here? And, and Jim. Oh, that's right. Jimmy, hey, what's up? Jimmy's in Hi. town. 
Cheryl's really, really tired, so we're hoping she's going to say something really stupid during the lightning round. Stupid All game. right, here we go. What would make it <laughs> that'd be great. different than any other week if I say something <laughs> stupid? All right, well, there you go. Well, uh, Cheryl, do you want to roll it? It's time for... The Lightning Round. All right, here we go. It's time for the lightning round. We are joined by Techie McScience Geek, also known as Mr. Karen or Jim. And Jay Verberg. And Cheryl, thanks for sticking around, Jay. All right, yes, let's do this. All right, here we go. So the first question. Wait, how much money can I win? Is there a lot of money in this? There's no money, buddy. Oh, you cannot, but I will give you that recorder we were talking about. All right. Deal. According to Fizz.org, scientists have found a mysterious strain of DNA in the modern Melanesian people that come from an unknown hominid species. Now, most people have DNA from two types of early hominids, um, the Denisovans, found in mostly Asians, and the Neanderthals, which are found mostly in Europeans. So here's what I want to know. If scientists tested your DNA, what species would they most likely find traces of? We'll start with Chuck. Oh my God! Probably a a monkey, a, like monkey. a gorilla, like a gorilla. Yeah. Okay, Jay, um, what's your DNA? I don't know. I'd, I'd I'd like it to be something cool, like uh, I don't know, maybe uh, like a dragon or a bear or something deadly. <laughs> but I think it's probably like something we've never heard of, like a monkey squirrel slug. Oh. Or just like this conglomeration. <laughs> I don't feel so bad now. <laughs> what's, in, what's in your DNA, Jim? I got to be at least 75% Homo erectus. <laughs> oh. oh. Did you just say erectus? I think you said erectus, yes. There's erectus in there, that's right. Yes. And Cheryl, right. Cheryl, you have to follow that up. What's in your DNA? Yeah, thanks for leaving me for last, by the way. Um, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to follow those up, but I'll, I'll say eagle. Ooh. All right, next question. Mm -hmm. The Huffington Post reports that there's an apartment complex in South Africa and its residents are living in abject fear because there's a cobra, another cobra check, that entered the building through the plumbing pipes and it's been popping up in people's toilet bowls. But before somebody can get there to capture it, it disappears into the plumbing again. I got to tell you, this is my worst nightmare. And I want to know what is the scariest thing that you think you could find in your toilet, Jay? I've already found it. It's happened to me. I was at my parents' house. I lifted the lid. I looked down at the urinal because you got to make sure you're aiming straight. Yeah. And all of a sudden, this big ass spider crawled. I knew out it was going to be a spider. And all I could think about is, if I had sat down there, that spider would be on my butt right now. (laughs) And not only did it scare me, but it's ruined my my ability to take a crap in peace without fear (laughs) of something attacking. Well, there you go. I knew it was going to be a spider, but what, did you scream? When you, you asked. Scream? That's what you get. <laughs> Cheryl, not when you were on the toilet. It was when there was a bug in the potato chips, but still, I have heard the scream. Cheryl, what, what would be the worst thing for you to find in your toilet bowl? No, it would be a snake. Absolutely. I've heard people right? say it's happened to them, and, you know, yeah, terrifying. Uh, yeah, mine would still be bats, but snakes would be a close second. Uh, Jim. I was going to say bats, too, just because I'd never heard the end of it. 
Like, yeah, they're specifically in outhouse toilets, toilets just so you know. Maybe uh, a lovesick rabid otter. I don't know. Oh, oh to, so, something that clings to your taint. What is that? Yes. <laughs> I think Bob just said in the chat room that he, he found a snake in his toilet. I think well, that's what he's saying in the chat room. Oh, those, those little sucker fish on the Amazon that like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, Chuck, what's yours? A rat. Like, you know, because they can come through the pipes and stuff the way they can mush their little bodies. And could you imagine a head popping up while you're sitting? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's my fear. Change the subject quickly. Yahoo News News reports that the world's oldest woman just turned 117. And she is the last woman alive to have seen the 19th century. So she's lived in three centuries. (sighs) 21st super cool right yeah yes. so we've only, yeah. only lived in two centuries but we've seen a lot of change in our lifetimes and i want to know what the most amazing change you think it is that you've observed in your lifetime uh jim you're first um i gotta be cell phones cell phones they are pretty amazing yeah um chuck Oh, God, that's what I was going to say, too, because I remember having this giant Motorola look like a walkie-talkie, and that was the cell phone at that yeah, time. Yeah, I had one of those, yeah, too. Yeah, but, I mean, I think the Internet, the way that we can just connect to everyone and everything, it's kind of actually, it's really scary. Because it, it can be yeah. good, but so much bad, too, you know? Yeah. Cheryl? Yeah, I, I was going to say computers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jay? Yeah. Hmm. I would say indoor plumbing that allows snakes, rodents, and spiders to come <laughs> into your house and view your butthole. Uh, that is pretty impressive. Well, speaking of things that can be view your butthole, you Lord. can swallow, you can swallow those little cameras now too, and they can like go all around inside yeah. you. Yeah, colonoscopies they do that with a little camera. There you yes, go. Oh, that's pretty. Cool. Oh my god, I'm getting to that age, guys. I don't even know how to take that. <laughs> I'll talk to dude. He can talk you through it. All right. Popular science took a look at the old wives tale and also one of my mother's favorite warnings when I was a kid that getting cold can give you a cold. And they discovered that while being cold won't cause a cold, if you're already, if you already have the cold virus and you get cold, it can make you more susceptible to developing symptoms. So my mother was wrong, but right. So she would count that as a victory. So here's what I want to know. What wives' tale do you believe that could actually be at least partially true? Uh, Jay? Uh, that if you make that face, your face might stay that way. <laughs> <laughs> I lived in fear of being cross-eyed, and it worked out. I was I was okay. So, Cheryl, what, how about you? <laughs> An old wives' tale that could be true? Mm-hmm. Is that, is that a, a superstition? You know, the, the bad luck throwing the salt over your shoulder? Does that, does that count? Oh. Or is that something different? Yeah, no, it's a su- that, you can use the superstition. Yeah, that, I'll use that yeah. one. Okay, so, uh, Chuck? <laughs> that if you did a, a, a particular activity, you could go blind. Oh, oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I, there are a lot of blind. You know what? Every man on the planet would be blind. I'm just saying <laughs> Yeah, I have noticed my vision is slightly going. But I think it's, my age. it's a little blurry now, right? Okay, yeah, just... I'm not willing to test it and determine if it's just my age. Uh, I'd have to go with uh, that all the children in China are starving. Oh yes. Or my dad used to tell me that my dad used to tell me that one out of every three children born was Chinese, and so my little sister was supposed to be Chinese. And I believe yes. Wow. 
Okay. He also used to, he also used to every time we'd go to Chinese food, he'd open his fortune cookie and read his fortune and it always said help I'm being held captive in a Chinese fortune cookie factory. So <laughs> <laughs> All right. You ready for the next one? Unexplained sure. Mysteries reports that Dr. Fergus Simpson, a mathematician at the University of Barcelona, calculated that in any given year in the twenty first century there is a 1 in 500 or 0.2% chance that doomsday will occur. Which year do you think it'll happen and how will it come oh, about? Uh, so start with, because Chuck is groaning, we'll start with him. Uh, I, I don't really know what year it would be, but I think that if, if it's going to happen, I don't think we're going to see it coming. I think it's just going to be like a giant asteroid or like a planet just rams into us and that's it. Boom. Okay. All right, that Cheryl. Boom. Well, I'll just say it's going to happen in the next four years, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, shit. I hope you're not and, psychic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, Jim? It's going to be 2020 when Cthulhu finally answers the call to run against Trump. There we go. And Jay? Oh. Well, I'm more worried about um, uh, what's his name, the rapper running for president uh, in the next election, Kanye. Uh, oh, but I would have, God. Oh, I would have to say between uh, North Korea and Russia and global warming and, and Trump and all the other chaos of the world, it's coming sooner than we anticipated. Um, I think we'll see it coming, and I think it's going to be a long, messy decline. Oh, we're screwed is what you're saying. That's how yeah. hey. Happy holidays. Oh, oh, James, so back on the show again. <laughs> Here's, and, and we're going to end on an even more positive note. Uh, okay. According to the New York Times, in January of 1919, a vat of molasses burst in Boston. It released 2 million gallon, gallons of the sticky syrup, and it killed 21 people, destroyed things, oh. and caused a 40 foot rogue wave in the Boston Harbor. Now, I think that sounds like a horrible way to die. Um, yeah, that would be epic. Yeah, and so I want to know what is the worst possible way that you can think of to spend your last moments other than drowning in molasses, uh, Cheryl? Well, I, I mean, I think it would be pretty bad to spend my last moments in a fire. Okay, very good. Oh, God, uh, yeah. Jay, Jay, what's yours? Probably with a giant spider, no doubt. <laughs> you would think, but, uh, you know, the worst way to die, I don't think there's ever going to be spiders around. I, uh, but I would say fire or drowning. The thought of drowning terrifies me, but uh, I hear it actually could be quite calm. Peaceful. Yes. Yes, definitely. Mm. Uh, Jim, what's the worst way you can think of to spend your last moment? Buried alive with the ex-wife, and I'm the one that has my mouth duct taped shut. Oh, yeah. Wow. And Chuck, you're afraid you might not actually die. <laughs> Eventually, the air would run out. So, Chuck, you have the last, the last worst way to die. Um, I think, because I'm afraid of heights, falling from a really, somewhere really high for some reason, like you're up somewhere really high and you're falling, because you're actually still awake and still seeing it and knowing that when you get to that bottom, it's over. So that would be mine. Ooh. Actually, Crap. I want to hear something terrifying, as they believe the human mind shuts down with lack of oxygen. So even if you got decapitated, you're still somewhat conscious enough to recognize that, dude, I'm dying right now. Oh, my God. Oh, no, thank you. No. Nope. Campus shuts down. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. 
And on that note, that's how we do the lightning round. We hope we've uplifted you all and that you, you feel so much happier. Jay, thanks for doing the lightning round. Thanks, um, Jay. Public service yep, announcement. Sure. Everybody check your toilet seats for spiders and snakes tonight. And rats. And rats. Too. I am not peeing in the dark tonight. That's all there is to yeah. All I'm right. Well, guys, thank you for having me back here again. This was great. Thank thanks, you. Jay. Thank you. Good night. All right. And we will catch you again sometime. Take care, guys. All right. All right take you care. too. All right. All right, I think it's I think it's time for correspondence. Crystal Vermis and Mandy Vega are going to talk about haunted real estate and the Ghost Adventures recent investigation along Route 66. I'm Crystal Vermis and I'm Mandy Vega from Salem, Massachusetts. We are your paranormal underground radio in the dark correspondence. We are also the hosts of the All Day Paranormal podcast. And All Day Paranormal After Dark, the YouTube show. Find out more about us at GetSpooked.net. Now, for our Paranormal News segment of the week. Let's get into some Paranormal News. What do you got this week? So I've got a topic that we've actually talked about quite a bit on this uh, on this podcast, especially back towards the start of the year. It's this idea of haunted real estate. Haunted real estate? Ooh, yes. yeah. I mean, like, it's funny because... Uh, we did witness ourselves when we were visiting New Orleans. There is a, you know, we saw a realtor, realtor's sign right. that said, you know, for sale by Remax or whatever company. And it said, not haunted or something. Yeah, so some of the houses will say not haunted on it. Others will actually say haunted in case that's something you're into. Yep. Uh, along the same lines, apparently a company in Hong Kong is pretty much doing the same. They've actually developed an app that tracks the locations of grisly deaths to help users land a discount oh. on their next apartment or avoid the building altogether. Ooh. What's it called? Uh, the app is actually called Spacious, but I'll, okay. I'll get into it a little bit here. Uh, this is a story from City Lab. Um, as if the skyrocketing rents and ever-shrinking size of Hong Kong's apartments aren't frightening enough, apartment hunters can now use an augmented reality app to seek out oh. the haunted flats of the city. <laughs> okay, According to the South Morning China Post, the startup Spacious has taken a cue from the popular Pokemon Go app to let users explore their surroundings through their smartphone cameras. This particular app, however, lets users point their phones at a building in order to see information about available units, including dimensions, price, and any grisly murders or untimely deaths that took place there. It's like you look on the app and it happened five minutes ago. I know, right? Oh my god. (laughs) Just last week, actually. Uh, The incidents are unnerving. A couple killed themselves and their pet dog inside their Shatin apartment by burning charcoal. Near the bustling shopping district of Causeway Bay, a man strangled his wife to death in their home after failing to save the relationship. Not to mention the multiple accounts of students and workers jumping out of windows or hanging themselves due to stress and mental illness. This is, after all, a city in which mental illness and suicide are sensitive topics that are rarely spoken about in public. It was only in March after a string of suicides among students age 11 to to 22, that the government announced that they would send psychologists to more than 1,000 schools to help administrators identify at-risk behavior. Each death is documented, along with the name of the neighborhood and building where it occurred, and marked by a ghost emoji on Spacious's app. Oh, how cute. (laughs) Uh, These properties, according to the handful of sites like Spacious that maintain these databases, can be found all over Hong Kong. They're known as Hongza, which translates to, quote-unquote, brutal house in Cantonese. And records go as far back as the 1970s. For apartment hunters who don't want a ghostly encounter, it helps to know which buildings to avoid altogether. For others, keeping track of these unfortunate incidents is a bargaining chip to get real estate companies to lower prices. In one of the more extreme cases, a unit in a luxurious tower in Wan Chai was listed with at least 30% discount after police found the bodies of two murdered women in in 2014. 
Uh, in typical cases, untimely deaths have led to a 10 to 15% decrease in rents. <laughs> Not a bad discount. The founders behind Spacious particularly cater to expatriates and millennials who aren't as superstitious as Hong Kong's older generations. Uh, according to Vice, the ghost map gets used 5,000 times a month. In fact, the spooky appetite has been so strong that Spacious is planning to take its service to neighboring cities of Shanghai and Taipei. Old beliefs be damned. And I'll show you a quick screenshot. That's what it looks like. Um, can you, do you want to describe it? <laughs> yeah. Actually, it looks like if you pull up Google Maps, uh, same interface, like same looking map. And then, you know, you see the little bubbles that pop up that are like, oh, these are restaurants you want to eat at, but this is actually like bubbles that they, I'm assuming this is where the the p- properties that have de- deaths reported. Right. Those are little and they ghosts. have numbers inside of the bubbles that are like 425, which is in green instead of blue, uh, 15. And I'm assuming that means... Well, do you see these little guys in, like next to them too? The little... Oh yeah, little ghost photos. Okay. So, so I think the ghost ones are th- those are the ones where it's like where it's like this nah has, like this yeah. really has reportings of hauntings, right? Wow. And you know what I think is most interesting about that is the little bit where you said that the millennials are less superstitious than their their mm. past generations, so they may not care. As, you know, they're looking for those rent decreases now. They're like, eh, whatever it goes. But in our culture, right? In the U.S., I would say, like, it's the opposite. You think millennials are more? Yeah, I would say, like, our older generation are more like, eh, that's not a ghost. That's just... I don't know. You know, it can be explained away, but now we're more open-minded here. I feel like we're more like... I mean, look at all the paranormal TV programming, you know? So, I mean, it's a good question. I don't really know if it's... I don't know how, how how it breaks down in terms of ages, like, if young are more superstitious than old or vice versa. Well, it says so, you know, in that culture. Well, yeah, right? in, 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 yeah, I get it. Over in Hong Kong. Yeah. I don't know how it is in the U.S., to be honest with you. I don't know if... I would say it's more like that. I mean, look at all the TV, the, the TV shows. Possibly, yeah. And maybe, I, I'm not saying there aren't any old, open-minded older people, but... Uh, and I, I just think, you know... I mean, I'd be interested to know exactly how that breaks down. But the, the thing that's craziest about this app, as we mentioned, you know, those little ghost icons. They also, this is just an example of one of the little pop-ups you see. It says here, Fairlane Towers. Businessman, unable to bear his kidney cancer, jumped off the building. Uh-huh. Uh, so not, it gives you the details. Yeah, yeah. It like... gives you all the gorgeous. I mean, this one says Ong Fung Building. A uh, 15-year-old kid uh, killed his mother and sister with a knife. Like, yeah. do you need that many grisly details uh-huh. if you're looking at? I mean, this is, this is pretty morbid stuff. <laughs> well, okay. Like, I'm not, okay. I'm trying to think of a polite way to say this. Okay. So if you hear, if you're looking at this, you're browsing and you hear, you see one where it's like, guy, uh, killed, viciously stabbed his five family members. But then you hear woman jumped out of building. I mean, like which one is, there is like, they're both horrible, but it's like the lesser of two evils, right? So you wouldn't go to the murder house, but you would go to the suicide house. Right. There are like factors, like you're probably not going to want to go to this, you know, in this case, the one that had more people killed. (laughs) But perhaps, perhaps you want to avoid the suicide one because the suicide one's going to stick around and like maybe make you depressed. All I'm saying is there are factors that people probably weigh based on their own personal perception. So basically it's like, you know. Do you want the granite countertops? Do you want the marble countertops? Yeah. Do you want the suicide? Do you want the murder? Yeah, like it's all, exactly. It all just goes right, into the same yeah. list. Yeah, so, I get you. That's why they're giving you those details. Perfect. So. Good right, information. Exactly. <laughs> um, this this week uh, for my news, I think it's important to talk about uh, what Zach actually said after his Halloween special, the Ghost Adventures Halloween special. Uh, so as we mentioned last week on our show, they went to Route 666, which was actually their own creation, you know had a bunch of stops where they were visiting places that, you know, have these, like, seemingly demonic ties. 
And as if you watched the special, uh, you could see that there was a lot of like emotional stress that these guys endured on these investigations, and it just seemed to really create a lot of chaos for them mm-hmm. in each stop that they went to. And then by the end, they, you know, seemingly kind of lost it. You they were know? spent. Yes, they were spent. spent. Um, and Zach Bagans actually took to Facebook shortly after the Halloween special aired to elaborate a little bit. And I don't know, did you hear? Like, they? I guess they want to take a break from demonic cases for a little bit. Well, that seemed to be what he was writing in his, in his note, which I also took as almost like a... Um, his response to, I would assume, criticism of some kind. Of, of those, the Halloween special. Of those who, I guess, you know, ask, why do you do these crazy investigations, these evil, yeah. dark investigations, etc.? Because uh, they seem to be just beginning more intense. And, and that seems to be what he gets into into this note, right? Right. So I'm going to go ahead and read the Facebook post here. You can check it out uh, on Zach's Facebook or we'll have it in the show notes. Uh, he says, I feel as though it's important for me right now to explain something regarding demonic investigations of ours. Above and beyond the paranormal investigating world, not just on paranormal TV, we investigate more demonic hauntings than anyone else, period. This is a fact. When it comes to demonic hauntings, ladies and gentlemen, you don't just walk around with EMF meters and gadgets while doing measurements of energy. We're asking them to flicker the flashlight while creatures from hell just sit in front of you and cooperate by asking their leader, Satan, Hey, my fellow demon friends, let's make sure we give good evidence to these investigators who have decided to visit us on the, their meters uh, and answer all of their questions to your K2 meters, giving you your scientific readings. Then you write your evidence down in a notebook pad and go home to fix yourself a nice supper while happily going to bed to dream about puppies and ice cream. I, I, I think that's sarcasm. I think. Just, just, a bit. It might be sarcasm. He goes on to write, (laughs) going to investigate demonic infestations is like walking into a cage full of lions infected with rabies. You're not just going to walk around and take photos for evidence and then happily leave unaffected. You're going to leave that cage with marks on your soul, especially when we are already scarred, opened, and vulnerable in terms of our own sensitivity from past investigations. We are like open wounds that never heal from exposure. Let me explain something to you all. When you investigate demonic hauntings, places where documented cases of possessions attack over and over, or occur over and over, week after week, year after year, you change. You get emotionally affected. You can't be controlled. We're at a deeper level of uh, of investigating because our bodies... Our spirits, our minds, have been possessed by this dark energy over and over, uh, time after time, overexposed. Demons are not human spirits. They don't simply answer our spirit box questions and then stay where they're at. Demons are like diseases. They inject into you and it's up to you, uh, or it's up to them how long your symptoms last. Here's where he gets into ghost adventures, so... Maybe it is a little in reference to the uh, Halloween investigation, Mm -hmm. but he says, Our Ghost Adventures, the TV show, is actually an experiment to see what happens to a team of four guys when they overexpose, overdose on demonic investigations over the ten or or over the course of ten years, non-stop, full-time, no long breaks. We are 
unlike anything you have ever seen before. I don't say that with an ego, Manny Vega. Hey, why me? <laughs> I say that because we are the ones who know what we go through, the medical sicknesses slash ailments, the families that are affected from this, the broken marriages, the oppression, the depression, the possession. <laughs> this, this isn't just for your entertainment. This is real. We know the risks. We accept them. We do this because we are drawn to these powers, and sometimes the actual evidence is what happens to us. This isn't a television show where a producer off camera is telling us things to do. I am in full control of this show. The documents are real-life job of being investigators of demonic hauntings. Um, and it goes on, like, extremely, extremely long here. But he does end by saying that, um, you know, he does want to thank everyone for the support they've received. But he says... Uh, we are all deciding to take a long break from demonic investigations until all of us are fully healed from our Halloween and other investigations. Not all paranormal investigating is dark, evil, and demonic. Um, so he notes that, and uh, he says that, you know, the ones where there are human spirits are, you know, sometimes positive, and they've left him feeling amazing. So uh, he, he ends by saying, I just want you to understand the differences between them, heaven and hell. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Well, that it, <laughs> there was so much more. I mean, like, like I said, yeah. uh, you can go to his Facebook, his official Facebook page to read more about it. Um, what do you think? There's a lot to cover. And I think um, it made me wonder what was the, like I said, the impetus. What was the, what encouraged him what to write that What was the catalyst to write right. that? It came out right after the Halloween special. Right. And so. I wasn't sure if he, it was, because I remember when we watched that episode, I thought it was incredibly, like, overwhelmingly uh intense i thought yeah it was intense but also chaotic those are the two words i would use to explain it i mean from from start to finish it was basically two hours of like nonstop craziness um and that kind of stuff gets it can get tiring like i'm sure it's tiring to live through it's tiring it's exhausting to watch it's kind of like watching a horror movie that never stops you know and after afterwards you're like man that's i'm glad that movie's over with because that oh my was God, a yeah. very stressful experience right, yeah so i don't blame him for um i guess wanting to get that all off his chest and then also for wanting to put a, a stop to the investigations for a while because even as a viewer, like, what the hell? Let's let's see some positive investigations. Where all the where's the where's the funny stuff? Where's the you know the fun, enjoyable things? Yeah, like, bring back yeah. some of that. Because uh, sometimes you do need to change the pace. You know. So you you're glad they're taking a break. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, do you think it'll take away from the show, the intensity I, or the intrigue of the show? Because as long if as they it, go back to more ghost shows, yeah, you know, as long as investigations. No, because they know what they're doing. I mean, in terms of an entertainment factor and like how they put together the show in the past. They've done, you know, normal ghost haunting type episodes. and They're really good. They made them very good. Yeah. You know, and, and scary in their own right, but also like, you know, more fascinating, more like you're learning something new about this world that we don't know. Um, and, you know, throwing in a dash of humor, that kind of stuff. Or a dash of even just fascinating history. I like the history. Yeah, I love the more history. Than, more than anything. So it's like, I, I'd be all for that kind of approach for a bit, you know? I yeah. Don't know, what, did you, what was your takeaway from that? Um, that was really intense. It does make me think that something happened. Right. Like, he probably listened to the All Day Paranormal podcast <laughs> and was like, wow, these guys, these guys are such assholes. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, I like, whatever. Do whatever you want. If it really is your show, do whatever you want. Yeah. And, obviously, health first, right? That's what people tell me. Sure. Take your health first into account. But, they, you know, that's that's the second time. So, I mentioned earlier in our, our episode here, uh, this whole notion of an experiment. It's something I've, I, you say, it may have been, may have been in Zach Bagans' uh, books, you know, when which were published a few years ago. And I read those books. I probably just forgot them if they were in that book. 
But um, it's just the notion the first... that they are living walking experiments. Yeah, this this living walking experiments thing I I not really heard about before. If that is their their mission, I would advise probably to chill and not do that because that's probably not that great. Seems idea. like you could get hurt. Seems right? like you get hurt, but I mean, you know, it's, it's their lives, their bodies. They can do what they want. So uh, I'll do what I want. All righty, and that was our correspondent piece. I can't even. I can't even talk tonight. You're already drunk. A, you only had one uh, sip. I Crystal Burmans and Manny Vega. It was very, very good. I listened to it. It's awesome. We are back. We now have to close up the show. So we have some. Yeah, we have some promos and such too. Yeah, next week we have um, Ross Allison coming on the show, okay. and Ross is uh, the founder of a group here in Washington called The Ghost. He uh, writes all sorts of great books about paranormal activity and he also owns um a paranormal company up in seattle called spooked in seattle that does tours and investigations and things you'll like him ross has traveled the world and he he's got all sorts of really fun fun stuff to share with us so we're looking forward to having ross on next week awesome um and that will be at 6 p.m pacific 9 p.m. Eastern <laughs> and other times in the flyover states. Do we have anything else we need? The, the magazine is out. Uh, check it out, paranormalunderground.net. Yep. Uh, and, also, stuff in it, but we're already three minutes past our time, and we don't yep. want to keep you up past your bedtime. Nope. So uh, anything else, Cheryl, or can we close it, it out? We're good to go. That's right. it, man. Thank you, everybody. Thanks to Jay Verberg. Thanks to uh, Techie McScience Geek and everyone else. Thanks for listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark here on MixLR. We'll be back next week, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and other times in the flyover states. Y'all have a great week. Good night. Y'all. Night. If you'd like to be a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark, email us at editor at paranormalunderground.net. And until next week, remember this. If something looks out of place or doesn't feel quite right. It could just be something paranormal.